I want to say a really quick thank you um, to the people that took the time to uh, email in last week and text and just say how much last week's message meant. Um, I, I, you know, we talk about emails around here all the time, and I'm telling you, 98, 99% of the emails that we get are so encouraging and so helpful, and so it's so nice to know um, when you put your heart and soul into a message like that, and, and it helps so many people, so thank you for those, I forgot to say that in the last service, um, probably because none of them emailed, but, um, but, for, but y'all did, and so super, super thankful for that. Every, um, everybody in this room, everybody in this room, at some point has tried to hide something from somebody else. Now, I don't even have to ask you if I'm right, because I know I'm right. Because if you've got kids, you've hidden you know, presents from them, right? If you, are, if, if, you are, if you ever were a kid, which is most of us, anybody try to hide a bad grade from a parent? Um, now, when I was in school, this was easy. Remember, you remember when they used to send report cards and you could, listen, I know how to make a, an F look like an A. I can, I can, I've got the artistic skills. I'm not saying I did that, I just know people that did. Um, but today, parents can go online and look at their kids' grades on the computer. So you gotta have hacking skills today if you're gonna change those things around, right? Um, maybe you dented your parents' car. You, you were backing up and you were like, maybe they won't notice. Maybe they won't notice. Like the entire taillight's gone, but you kind of prayed that they wouldn't notice. And they did. Uh, I remember one time there was a hole in the wall and I, t- I tried to put toothpaste in the hole. You know what I'm saying? And it, was, it worked for like 10 minutes. And then my dad was like, why is that wall green right there? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever. And, and it happens. Well, the reason I'm asking this is because I was, every once in a while when I'm doing sermon research, uh, <laughs> use that. I, I go down a, a rabbit trail or a rabbit hole or whatever. And I started like Googling like people that tried to hide things. And it's, um, it's some fascinating stuff out there. There really is. But there was this one newspaper headline. And, and as soon as I saw it, I remembered this story from 2011. Um, now it's happened since, but this one was, was national news and it, and it got a lot of attention. This headline grabbed me, and you can't make this stuff up. Okay, here we go. Man tries to sneak snakes on a plane, which is the worst movie ever, Snakes on a Plane. It's like the worst movie ever, right up there with Hope Floats, um, the, the two worst movies ever. Something else floats too. And, um, but anyway, it says uh, snakes on... But, but what's fascinating was when you read this story, it, <laughs> He was, he was trying to sneak a boa constrictor on the plane. It was a smaller boa constrictor, but it was a boa constrictor nonetheless. And he, he tried to sneak the snake on a plane by putting it in his pants. Now, I want to pause right now because some of you brought a visitor to it and you're like, dear God, here we go. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there, but I'm just saying that... that there's a lot of options. There's a lot of jokes you could tell. And I'm, I mean, I would have to start third chance if I, if I went down that, right? But what genius wakes up and goes, you know, I'm going to Cancun today. Sure would like to take my snake. Wonder how I could get him through. Okay, that's, that's all I'm going to do. But, but, but th- this headline, this headline, this headline right here shows there's some things you can't hide, am I right? And I started going through headlines and headlines that just prove there's some things that you just can't hide. Like this headline right here. (laughs) 
My secret was out. I mean, I got busted, caught. See, let me, let me tell you a couple things about this right here. Um, number one, all, anytime I talk about this, I always just want to own what I did, period. I've got nothing bad to say. I just want to tell you I want to own what I did. I was hiding um, some stuff that was going on from my past and some stuff that I was dealing with at that time by drinking large amounts of alcohol. Now, I want to pause and, and just tell you very, very honestly, every once in a while, you'll meet a person that will tell you they knew how much I was drinking. And first of all, if they really knew, why didn't they say something? Number two, that's a lie. Nobody knew how much I was drinking because I had it. If, listen, when you got a drinking problem, nobody knows how much you're drinking because you keep it hidden from everybody. So I had a pocket here, pocket here, pocket here, and I was looking for relief. Now, everybody always says, well, you know, alcohol only brings temporary relief. But when you're in pain, temporary relief is, is still relief. Now, I'm not justifying it. I'm telling you it was the wrong way to handle it. But I was drinking large amounts of alcohol, and I, I was trying to hide it because, like, you're not proud of that. I had people go, why didn't you talk to somebody? Well, who do you talk to? Hey, Perry, how are you doing? Well, drank two liters of gin last night. Oh, got to do something about that. Like, it's not, it's not a fun thing to talk about. So I kept this hidden for, for several years until that happened. And I, I learned something. Going, actually, I learned a lot of things going through this. But this is one of the main things I learned going through this. And I'm using this to kind of set up where I'm going today. And the, the, the main thing that I want to teach, the main thing I want to talk about that I learned through this process is this. Things that are hidden cannot be healed. I would wake up when I was abusing alcohol every day, and I would say, today's the day I'm not going to do it anymore. And then by 4 o'clock, I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll, I'll just do that tomorrow. It's the law that we tell ourselves when we're dealing with something. Not just alcohol, but anything. It's, it's, you know what, I'm just going to keep it hidden. And the reason we, we hide things is because, it's not because we're bad people. There are people here today, there are things hidden. By the way, let me just kind of pause and go back to my headline for just a second. What if that was your name and your biggest issue was on the screen? Did y'all feel the tension? That's exactly what I was going for, all right? I know the reason we hide things. We, we, there are people in this room that you're dealing with an issue or you're dealing with issues and, and they've been around for a while and, and you hide them. And the, and the reason you hide, I understand, because in church culture, especially in Southern church culture, if you don't hide it, that you get hurt. Somebody will hurt you over what you're hiding. I mean, I under, listen, I get it. And so we feel like we got to hide things. And, and in church world, in church world, you go to church either A, when you got your stuff together, or B, when you don't have your stuff together, but you pretend that you do. And I don't think that this is a place 
where Jesus wants us to come and pretend to be somebody that we're not. I don't think this is a place where Jesus wants us to come and hide. I think the church was created as a place where you and I can walk in the doors and find healing. But we will never find healing as long as we feel like we've got to keep stuff hidden. Now, during the days of Jesus, um, he, number one, he was always picking fights with the Pharisees. Always picking fights with the Pharisees. Number two... During the time of Jesus, if you had a physical problem, like if something was wrong with you physically, then they tied that into the spiritual. And so because, so the physical told on you, physical said that there was something wrong with you spiritually. And so if something was wrong with you physically, you could not go to a tabernacle, you could not go to a synagogue, and you could not go to a temple. Now, when I say something was wrong with you physically, if you had leprosy, you couldn't go to the temple. If you had if you were blind, you couldn't go to the temple. If, and, and sometimes if you feel like you fell and broke, broke your arm, then that was a problem. And you couldn't go back to the tabernacle or the synagogue until your, your arm healed. Like it's a, it's a big deal to have something wrong with you physically during the time of Jesus. Now, Jesus had just gotten into an argument with the Pharisees about his disciples working on the Sabbath, which we'll talk about in just a second. And that sets up this next story that's, that's fascinating when you take a couple things into consideration that we just talked about. Here we go. Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue, meaning the Pharisees that he had just been arguing with, okay? He went to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. Now, th- what's interesting is the Pharisees didn't know the man with the deformed hand was there. And the reason we know this is because had the Pharisees known he was there, they would have drug him in front of Jesus because religious people feel like it's their job to expose your sin. And the reason religious people want to expose your sin is so they don't have to deal with their own. Amen? I mean, I, I, I'm, okay, good, good, good. So I, I'm not saying it doesn't need to be exposed. I'm just saying some, when, when somebody's main obsession every day is to get up and talk about how bad you are, they're, they're trying to hide something. They're just, that, that's shady. They're trying to hide something. But in this passage, they, they didn't know the man with a deformed hand was there. He, he was having to hide. And all of us have walked into a room and, and looked and thought, that's, oh, I'm not sure that fits. I've got a friend in another country, um, and, and he has a big television ministry. And uh, I, I asked him, did he know something about the internet? Uh, but he was in, in where he is, TV's a big deal. So he did this big thing where invite your friends, we're going to do a big worship night, and it was great. But everybody on the front row, everybody on the front row in his church was on TV. So if you, if you sat on the front row, you're on TV, which we're, we're good, we're good right here, we're good, we're good. Uh, <laughs> I just messed with Brianna, she's fine. Because she, Brianna, you, you lied to me this morning, so that's why I picked you, that's why, yeah, I did. You can't stay hidden. <laughs> you need to be healed. Anyway, I just told her I was going to mess with her a little bit from the stage, and I did. Don't mess with me again. Um, but, but if they were on the front row, you got like you were on TV. Well, uh, uh, one of the guys in the church brought a friend with him who had on a T-shirt, and the T-shirt said, Crazy Mother Rhymes with Trucker. <laughs> and... My buddy walks out and he's like backstage and he's looking 
And, and there, there's like a five-minute thing. There's like a pre-thing, and the band's out, and they're playing, and everybody's kind of doing their jump around. Everybody's kind of got the pre-worship hype on. And my friend told me, he's like, the more I watched him, the more the description on his T-shirt was true. He really was. a crazy. And so, so he was sitting there with some of his staff going, what do we do? Because this guy's going to be on TV, and this is our reputation. But then they couldn't. He was like, but, but he said, I don't feel right about asking him to leave. So they let him stay there and they told the camera people, do not put him on TV. I think he still made it on, but do not put him on TV. By the end of the message, the guy prayed to receive Christ and became very involved in their church. And I'm like, I'm so thankful that there was an environment where the guy could come in and literally advertise, I do not come here on a consistent basis. Now, let me stop it because somebody in this service is going to email me going, we should sell those church, church pastors. No, 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 no. We've, we've got our limits, all right? But I'm, I'm so thankful that there was an environment where this guy could come into because this guy right here, he felt like he had to hide. Well, he didn't have to fit. He had to hide what was really wrong with him so he could walk into a place and feel somewhat connected to God. And the only reason I bring that up is because I know what it's like to feel like I can't let these people know who I really am. And I can't let these people know what I'm really struggling with. Because if I did, they wouldn't draw me in. They would push me away. That's the way this guy with a deformed hand felt, that he was... He was being punished for something, and we don't know why he had the deformed hand. Maybe it was something he did to himself. Maybe it was something that somebody else did to him. But what we know is this guy felt like he had to hide in order to, to be accepted. And there are people in this room that you crave acceptance way more than you crave healing. And I'm not speaking down to you. I, I get it. But the longer you hide, the longer you delay your healing. Now, it's, it, gets, it gets more interesting because um, the Pharisees asked Jesus because they, they always were trying to trap Jesus. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him, which, by the way, you, you always got to watch people that are trying to catch people. Those, those people are, I, I, they, they scare me a little bit because they're always trying to point stuff out. But that's what the Pharisees were doing. In fact, so let me, let me kind of set up what's going on here. God had some laws. He's, he's pretty famous for 10, like the 10 commandments. And I'm pretty glad that he said those and made them very clear. Because some of them you can't, like, thou shalt not kill. Can't mess that one up. And I'm glad he said it. Because had he not said it, me in traffic, like, somebody's always a potential victim, right? So, but I'm, it's hell, no, God said not to do it. But I thought about it. So maybe that's just, about, anyway, so, so God set some commandments. And he said, don't break these. Well, what the Pharisees did is they came along and said, you know what? We think that, uh, so, so honor the Sabbath and keep it holy was one of the top 10. And the Pharisees said, well, you know, we want to create some commandments 
that, that makes sure that people don't even get close to breaking the original commandment. So they started making some, and, and I guess at first maybe their intentions were good, but before you know it, they're coming up with stuff like you can't heal on the Sabbath. Now, who thought that was a good idea? Because if you're sick, does it matter what day you get healed on, yes or no? No. If I'm sick, I don't care what day it is. But we're familiar because some of y'all are like, well, God, that was back then. I'm, I'm so far we've advanced. I'm so glad we've advanced so far. Have we? Because when I was a kid, in my house with my mama, especially my grandma, you could not say darn. Darn it. You, man, that was a, mm, that was a beating right there. That was. You couldn't say darn it. Some of you were, you grew up in that environment where you couldn't say darn. Because if you said darn, now, by the way, don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. I'm actually going to list on that screen the phrases that I've been told that I cannot say. It's going to be so much fun. Darn is actually on the list. I can't say darn. You know why? Because in people's mind, darn, if you say darn, your next step is to say damn. I've had people go, you said, I know what you really meant. No, if I'd have meant damn, I'd have said damn. I don't have a problem saying it, as you can see. But, but in old school mentality, if you say darn, don't say darn. Because if you say darn, then you can say damn. And if you say damn, the next step is you're going to be a crack-smoking axe murderer, and you're going to go to prison, and then you're going to die, die and go to hell. So, so don't say darn. Can, can, we, can we agree that that was not the issue? So, so what the Pharisees did... And, and I, I believe, I believe, and I've taught on this from, for years, and I still teach on this. I believe in our walk with Jesus, there needs to be closed-handed issues and open-handed issues. And I believe there are very few closed-handed issues, and there are a lot of open-handed issues. But what Pharisees do is they take their open-handed issues, they make them closed-handed issues, they condemn you for not living up to their standards, which makes us feel like we've always got to hide what's really going on in our life. Let me give a couple of examples of closed-handed issues with me, just with me, okay? Um, resurrection, the literal resurrection of Jesus from the dead, closed-handed issue. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I believe he's alive. I've been to Jerusalem 16 times. There are two different places where people argue that Jesus rose from the dead. I love the fact they're not arguing over if he rose from the dead. They're arguing over where he rose from the dead from. If Jesus Christ was not literally raised to life, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that we, the church, are to be pitied more than anybody on the planet. So literal, like, like Jesus rising from the dead, it's a close-handed issue. Won't debate it. Um, Jesus being the only way to God. Close-handed issue for me. Now, I know for some people, like, well, can we talk about how I feel? Nah, I really don't care how you feel when it comes to that. Well, I feel, you know what? What you feel might be a fart, and you might just need to pass that through your system because when it comes to Jesus being the only way, can, I can speak it in a language we can understand, all right? It's true. We, we are so obsessed with people. Well, when you say that, it makes me feel. Listen, if I did not believe that Jesus Christ was the only way to God, I would not get on this stage every week and preach and offer an invitation. That's a close-handed issue for me. I, a close-handed issue for me is the Bible is God's word. 
The Bible's God's word. Well, it was written 2,000 years ago. I know, and it's so relevant today. But then open-handed issues. Open-handed issues is like the rapture. Do you know there are some mean Christians that will fight you if you don't believe Jesus is coming back when they think he's coming back? Here's what I know. Jesus is coming back. When? Don't know. Hope it's soon. <laughs> Dear God. See, some people laugh and some people are like, I don't. Like every Christian wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. Okay, I hope he comes back soon. Open-handed issue. Open-handed issue. Um, what type of music you listen to? Open-handed. See, some Christians make that close-handed. You can only listen to Christian music. That's why you're so bored all the time. <laughs> I used to be like that. I had somebody re recently ask me, they said, Pastor P., um, you know, you, when you work out and do other, would you post your workout playlist on social media? And I said, no. Because <laughs> some things I know that I post, I have no idea they're going to start a fight. I'll talk about that a little bit more next week. I had no idea that certain things, but I know if I posted my workout playlist, that somebody is, I mean, oh my God, like I don't, I don't listen to Christian music when I work out. By the way, Jesus didn't die to save songs. He died to save people, okay? But, but I, like, I listen to Eminem and Kid Rock and NF and Drake. Some of y'all don't even know who that Drake. Did he say Drake? Or rake? I got a rake in the garage, but like, I know. And it would start a fight. This is another favorite of mine that happens. We're we coming up on it. We're coming up on October. Halloween. People go, can, can Christian? No. Halloween, you can't celebrate Halloween. It's the devil's holiday. And they hold it in the closed hand. First of all, how can something with candy, like, it's a holiday about candy. Let's just, let's just focus on the good. But I've had people say, well, you can't can't celebrate Halloween because if you trace back the origins of Halloween, it goes back to the Druids and it goes back to the Day of the Dead where they celebrated the Day of the Dead and, and, and demons and all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. But that's fine. But if you want to carry that argument out to the logic, fullest logical extent, Christmas, you can trace it back to the Druid Festival of Lights. And, and Easter, you can trace it back to a Babylonian holiday where a bunny laid a gigantic egg, which sucks to be the bunny in that story, right? <laughs> so, so my thing is, when it comes to open-handed issues, you know what? And, and these issues, we, 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 have, we have the opportunity to engage in conversation about these, but when we make open-handed issues, close-handed issues, and begin to impose those standards on other people, we become just like the people that killed Jesus. It's a dangerous place to be, right? So, so J Jesus is right here talking about the Sabbath, and I love the question they ask him. Watch this. They said, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? That's their question. Jesus never answers their question. I want you to watch what he does. Jesus, he's so smart. I love some of the stuff he pulled off. Watch this. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath... Would you work to pull it out? Now, I know mo most of us, we can't connect that illustration unless you're from Ava, which you, I mean, I, mean, you, I have a sheep, but. 
But, but if you had a dog, like if you had a dog that ran away, if your dog ran away, which some of you are like, I beg God for my dog to run away. But for most of us, we have a dog. We love our dogs. I love my dog. My dog ran away. I wouldn't care what day it was. I would go find it. That's basically what he's saying right here. He said, if you had a sheep that fell into the well on the Sabbath, because they, 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 this was a very common illustration because their sheep were like pets. They knew their sheep. They knew their names. It's so powerful. Um, he said, if you had a sheep that fell in the well on the Sabbath, would you work to pull it out? Of course you would. I love how he answered it for him. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. You notice he didn't answer their question? They said, can you heal on the Sabbath? He said, ah, yeah, the law permits you to do good on the Sabbath. And they're, they're looking at each other going, did he answer? I don't know. But the thing that stood out to me in this text right here is how Jesus deals with things in our life one thing at a time. One thing, because, listen, when I became a Christian, if Jesus had told me in that moment all that he was going to do and wanted to do in my life, I'd have been like, you know what, I, can I get a refund? I'm out. I, I don't. But there's this thing called sanctification where we just take a step and we take another step and we take another step and we become more and more like Jesus. But he does it one step at a time. So people have asked me before, when you became a Christian, what changed about you? Not much. I just started going to church. And the preacher, our preacher was awesome. He would preach. And we had an associate pastor that could preach. I mean, everybody, in our, everybody that got on, they could preach. We had a choir and an orchestra. I found out that they had to have a church vote to bring the timpani into the church because it was a drum. You start bringing drums into the church, and that could just split a church. No, but nothing changed about my life that much. I mean, I was going, and then all of a sudden, one day, I, I had a job where I worked. It was, a, it, was, it was at a gym, and there was this girl that worked there, and her name was Shannon. She was always late, always late. All my, she always late. You know anybody that's always late? Don't stare at them right now, but they're just always, and when you work with them, we would always get in an argument because I would need to take a break, and she wouldn't be there. And so one day, she showed up. And um, I was just, I was, you ever just been in a mood? You're just in a mood. I was just in a mood, and she said something. I don't even remember what she said that set me off. I've been a Christian for about three weeks. <laughs> and I called her a word. I'm not going to tell you what the word is, but it rhymes with itch, mitch, and twitch. <laughs> now, there's something you need to know about that word. Girls can say that word to other girls, and it's perfectly acceptable. What up? And it happens, it happens in our lobby every Sunday. I mean, I just see it. <laughs> girls can say that to other girls, and it's fine. But if you're a guy and you walk up and go, what up? They might not find your body. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, I had said that word numerous times on numerous occasions for numerous reasons, but on that day, in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, uh, might not want to do that. It wasn't God yelling. It wasn't God opening up the heaven and hitting me with a lightning bolt. It was, it was literally like, mm, let's, let's think about 
that. And I was like, well, God, she is. And he was like, well, I know. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. I was just, I just threw that in there to see if y'all were paying attention. But then, but then I was like, all right, all right, all right. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. And God was like, you need to apologize. But God, she's always late. Yeah, you need to apologize. It took a day or two, but I got, I got to, I didn't do it immediately. But what I'm saying is once we got that worked through, then, 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 he, then he got me on the, I used to um, use sarcastic humor to tear people down. You know anybody that does that? I used, I used to be like, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've seen you. You must have been getting your meals supersized at McDonald's. Like I would say stuff like that. And then laugh. But what it was really doing is tearing somebody down. And, and I remember one time when I did that, God was like, you know, you probably need to, probably need to quit that. It's not good. And slowly but surely, he would begin to peel back a layer. And he began to peel back a layer. And he began to peel back a layer. And, and God, see, he loves us enough that he deals with us usually one thing at a time. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because there's some people in this room that the thing you're hiding, maybe two, three, four years ago, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But it's a big deal now. God's saying we need, we need to deal with this. And I, listen, I know how uncomfortable it is. So, so you got this situation where Jesus and the Pharisees, now let's not forget about the man over here in the corner with, with the hand. I think he's probably got a robe on and he's got his hand hidden because that's what we do. We, we, we hide in a religious environment so people can't really see the hurt that's going on even though Jesus could see. Listen, nobody recognized the hurt in his life except for Jesus. And I say that because somebody in this room needs to hear, you walked in this room and you've been able to hide it for so long, but Jesus sees the hurt that you're carrying. He's heard every cry that you've issued. He's seen every tear that's been shed. He knows the hurt you're going through. That's why, he, that's why we got to come back to the man. So watch what happens. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. Now let's push pause here for just a second and ask ourselves in that moment, how do you think that man felt? Not knowing Jesus, not knowing the stuff that we know today because we read the story or saw the movie, right? It, it's, it's, it, he didn't know anything about Jesus. And here he is. He, this is what you call in life an oh crap moment. All of us have had one. I had one two or three weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm driving back from vacation. It's at night. We're on the interstate. And I'm explaining to Karis, my daughter, that the speed limit is really like a suggestion. You've, you've had the, okay, she starts driving next year. We'll change that up. But, but for right now, it's just more of a recommendation. And I was, um, I was fracturing the speed limit just a tad because this is why, and I'm, I'm blaming it on Apple. It's Apple's fault because they put that GPS thing and you put in your time and it tells you what time you're going to get home and I got to beat that time. <laughs> I got to beat that time. And I was on pace until I looked into the, 
rearview mirror and saw the blue lights. Do you not feel helpless? As a 50-year-old man, let me tell you the first thought that went through my mind. Number one, my dad's going to kill me. Number two, he's going to take my license away. I reverted back to 15-year-old boy just like that. And then, then he went by me to pull over the, somebody else that was, they were, I mean, they were speeding. I, was, I mean, I wasn't speeding. I mean, they were worse. You could, can't you always find somebody worse than you? Have you been drinking too much? Yeah, I, yeah, but they drink and smoke pot. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> Obviously, you're the angel around here. But how did this guy feel when Jesus said, hold out your hand? He probably thought, here we go. Just like everybody else, always trying to catch somebody messing up. Have you met these people? These are the people that always want to tell you that they want to speak some truth into your life. Now, let me pause real quick and just say this, and I'll talk more about it next week. It's important for us to have people that can step into our circle and say anything they want to about us. But you know what I've discovered about people? First of all, if you've ever messed up, I mean really messed up, like the headline I'll show you, like I messed up. If you've ever really messed up, you, you know that you didn't need somebody to come alongside of you and tell you how bad you messed up. I remember when it happened for the next week or two, I still had to start filtering, and people would come in going, man, you shouldn't have been drinking that much. Oh, my God. You're so right. And, and so a lot of times that's why we hide is because we're scared. Listen, if somebody has messed up, they know they messed up. They just need somebody to show up. Let me just say this. Oftentimes, speaking truth is nothing more than spiritual abuse that makes the abuser feel better about themselves and drives the person that's hurting further away. I, yeah. It took a minute. That's all right. I'm going to clap for myself. I'm going to amen myself. That way, I wish I Anyway, so, so the man gets told, hold out your hand. And all, all, of, all the Pharisees are like, what? What? And I believe Jesus, this is just me, I just believe Jesus is looking at him and smiling. And the reason why is something happened next that nobody expected. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored just like the other one. Isn't that powerful? The, the man, all he had to do was what Jesus told him to do. It's a simple command. Did he expect to be healed? I don't think so. He expected to be caught. But when what he hid was called into the light, the Bible says, it was restored. This word right here, this word has become one of, my, one of my favorite words in the scriptures. I didn't understand it five years ago, but I got it now. I got it now. And listen, 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 listen. I'm not there yet. I'm in, the, I'm in a process. We're all in a process. And the reason that Jesus doesn't want us to hide things anymore 
because he wants to heal us. Now, here's where the story kind of breaks down a little bit. Usually doesn't happen that fast. For me, I'm, I've been on a five-year journey, and I'm just, I'll be on that journey for the rest of my life, stepping in to learn what healing feels like. And I'm just telling you, hey, if I would have kept hiding, I think eventually, and I don't think, I know eventually, well, I just wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here. And I want to tell the person here today that feels like you have to hide, not in this place. This house, this church is a place where shame has no name. And I want this house to always be a place where we can show up and be honest with Jesus and with others. So if you feel like today you're hiding something and you need to be healed, there, I want to challenge you to consider a couple steps. The first step is confess that to God. God, I don't want to hide this anymore. God, I, and confession is not telling God that you're doing something. It's agreeing with God that what you're doing is wrong. Now, if something's popping in your mind right now, that's the Holy Spirit, because I haven't listed any specific sins. You just need to tell God, God, I, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to do this anymore. That's the first step, and it's a major step. And we're going to sing, we're going to go back and sing that song, The Altar. And the reason we chose that song for this week is because we want this entire front area to just be an altar where you can come and you can literally, I, I, want, I don't want you to do it in your seat. I want you to do it in a way that you'll remember that you did it. This is going to be a turning point for some people where you literally confess to God. And then the second thing you could do if you feel the freedom is confess to, confess to somebody else. We have a care team every single week that would love to listen to you, to pray with you, to pray for you. And if, it's, if you don't feel comfortable confessing here, then text or text somebody during the invitation going, I need to talk to you today about this thing that's going on in my life. Here's what I know. You can't be healed until you stop hiding. But when you stop hiding, God doesn't want to bring retribution. He wants to bring restoration. Will you stand and pray with me? Father, I want to thank you so much God, for the journey that you have so many of us on. God, I want to thank you for every single person here in this room, every single person watching online, and what you've been doing in our lives that we can see, and even the things that we cannot see. And Father, right now I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, that the deception of the enemy would have no authority in this place. God, that we would know that we can come to you as we are. And Father, that we would feel the freedom, God, to step out and confess to you, God, that we want to take this next step. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, if you feel like today you need to take your first step and confess that thing you've been hiding to God, I want you to step out of your aisle right now and just walk down front. I just want you to use this front area as an altar. I want you to feel the freedom to do it. I want you to feel the freedom to do it right now. I want you to feel the freedom to step out right now. If you need to talk to somebody on our care team, you can walk out the back door, but I want you to feel the freedom to step out and come down. 
step out of your aisle and come down. You don't have to talk to anybody down front except for Jesus. If you want somebody to come with you, then have the courage to ask them to come with you. I just want you to step down front. As we sing, as we sing this song, come to the altar. I want, if God is pulling on your heart, I want you to feel that freedom to step down front and just pray and ask God. Say, God, I don't want this to stay hidden anymore. I want it to come out of darkness and into the light, knowing that he'll meet you here with arms open wide. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive. Holy Spirit, that you live inside of us that confess your name, Jesus, and you had the power to overcome death. We have the power to overcome anything that the enemy throws our way. Father, may we today walk out of this place knowing that you have called us to walk not in silence and not in shame, but in victory. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never been changed from the inside out. If that's you today and you need to ask Christ into your life, then I want you to pray right where you stand, right now. You can pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Take over. Take control. I surrender. The head still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, would you do me a favor and hold your hand up and hold it up high because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else if you're online, do the hand raise. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for the hands in the air. I want to thank you for, for, for bringing us from death to life. I want to pray that every single person with their hand raised, God, would know that on this day, you changed everything. And God, for all of us, that we would know, God, that you do not want to beat us down. You want to build us up. Your hope, God, is for restoration, for peace, for joy, for an abundant life. Thank you for those promises, Jesus. May we walk out of this place knowing, God, that your love for us is unconditional. We thank you for that, Jesus. We celebrate you. And everybody that agreed said, amen and amen. Man, what a day at church. I love you guys. God bless. We can't wait to come back here next Sunday.